Hello and welcome to the MarTech Alliance Marketing and Technology Book Club. I'm your host, Carlos Doughty, and the founder of the MarTech Alliance. Today I'm chatting with Jean Bliss about her book, Would You Do That to Your Mother? The Make Mum Proud Standard for How to Treat Your Customers. Hello and welcome, Jean. Hi there. Nice to talk to you today. Yeah, it's fantastic to connect. Really massively appreciate you having taken the time to chat with us. Um, our listeners will love to hear this. My very great pleasure. Thank you. So by way of background, Jean is, I would go far as saying she's customer experience personified. She's the founder and CEO of Customer Bliss, helping customers grow by helping customer lives. She's the co-founder of Customer Experience Professionals Association. She's formerly held uh, leadership customer experience roles in organizations such as Microsoft. She's a customer experience coach and practitioner guiding leaders from Fortune 500 and Global 1000 organizations since 1984. Uh, she's a best-selling author. She's a keynote speaker. Uh, she's also the podcast host of Chief Customer Officer Human Duct Tape Show. And obviously, she's today's author. Nice to meet you all. Yes. Fantastic. So, Jean, uh, we're obviously here to talk about your book. If you had to summarize it for anyone that hasn't yet picked up a, a copy, how would you best describe it? Well, it is a very succinct uh, set of 32 case studies that define our lives as customers and gives you a chance to evaluate if you are delivering or improving or inhibiting customers' lives in these 32 places where um, we either deliver value or, or erode value for customers. Um, I wanted to create a very tactical book for people uh, because we're making customer experience more difficult now. It's getting more complicated and uh, we're, we're focusing more on the mechanics than the meaning of it. So I needed to get us right back to the fact that this is about humans at the end of our decision and mom is a metaphor for that human. Yeah, I really liked the idea of the sort of litmus test of would you treat your mum that way to really humanize it and bring it back down. And then actually, obviously, the book is about much more. So talk to us a little bit about Make Mum Proud movement. Of course, in the case studies in the book, I, I call a case study to make mom proud. What we, what we know inside of businesses is that at the end of the day, this is about leadership bravery, choosing to grow by walking away from legacy practices, fine print, um, you know, the upsell and the cross-sell that's all about the company and not about the customer. And these 32 case studies are uh, case studies to make mom proud. And so the movement is giving people a spotlight where they can upload practices that they have done in their businesses that uh, show this leadership bravery along with a picture of their mom and how she's inspired them to act this way in business. Fantastic. So you touched there on... Um on really sort of embracing fearless redesign of what's always been done. I remember extracting that piece. Um, but for organizations that are really change adverse, where do you start with that? Well, you know, the first chapter is, is about the employees. Um, there's, there's a set of really simple things that need to be put into place to help an organization even get on a path to achieve this kind of, I call it admirable growth. And a lot of it is around trusting employees, hiring people in a very deliberate way. And so what I would encourage people to do is to start with that first chapter or in a, a simpler way, if they'd like, is to your point, take that audit. It's the last chapter of the book. I call it Stop the Shenanigans. You know, we got to label everything in the vernacular of mom words. Um, that, that 
audit lets you evaluate um, how you're either improving or hindering customers' lives in those 32 case studies. Out of there, you can pick three or four and start to move your organization on three or four areas to see if you really can do the work. Because this isn't about checking boxes and red, yellow, and green dots and work streams. This is about shifting how you will um, do the work of the company. And I, I think when you talked about that employee uh, buy-in kind of employee advocacy, I really liked the idea that you described around create a place where people are the same at home as they are at work. You know, it's something we, we try and do here with my business. But how, how do you think you can measure whether you really are, where you really have that employee engagement? Well, you know, one of the things that is in the book is around, I call it kill a stupid rule, which is kind of ridiculous, but it's one of the things that we start with early days. And this takes leadership bravery. It's giving employees the opportunity to talk about what's getting in their way of delivering value. Now, the thing that I do, though, is provide the organization with a business decision blueprint through which they ask and answer these questions. And I often will help companies define what these are as the stages of the journey or think of them as the customer missions or goals that your customers are trying to accomplish. So rather than saying to employees, what, what don't you like, you know, where you're going to all kinds of unstructured feedback from everything from employee benefits to lights in the parking lot, right? If you say by stage of the journey, what's getting in your way? What are rules that impede your ability to deliver value? Or you feel like you're a policy cop or simply somebody who follows a script. Um, and, and what happens is if leaders listen intently and then start to remove those practices and celebrate the employees who have brought them up for their bravery things will shift. People need to see proof. And when they see proof, they will also engage. You know, I, I know a lot of companies do surveys and other things, but that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's about action. And we find that if you connect the action to the blueprint of the employee, of the employee action to the customer journey, the two are connected. And culture then isn't something separate from experience. It's all one thing. Understood. And, um, and you talked obviously a lot around um, kind of the, the challenges around whether it's scripting or whether it's specific terms and conditions and trying to really empl empower employees to be able to better manage these and, and simplifying language. But how feasible is this for really large organizations when they're really trying to roll something out that scale? And I suppose there's, there's the way it's always been, but also there is a, you know, a sizable risk in terms of that empowerment if they don't necessarily have the the right processes in place to roll that out or or certainly when you have smaller teams yeah i mean that is the work of transformation is if you if you're going to be dedicated to this work leaders have to agree that they're going to put the work into place and this isn't about blind belief or blind trust it's about hiring people for the right reasons and training them and then giving them the information like customer lifetime value or bringing employees together deliberately to say, when you get high value customers or basic a customer who hits this wall, these are the four options we've proactively given you to, to take around this scenario instead of asking, asking for permission over and over again. Because I guarantee you, that these issues your customers are frustrated about are repeating themselves over and over and over again. 
And it doesn't take that much work, but it takes deliberateness and being proactive and being willing to create a new way of working where you understand a vulnerable moment in a customer's life. You work with your frontline employees and your employees in the middle of the organization as well, and you give them options. And again, you, that will also inform who you hire, how you hire, and how you develop people. So that is the work. And it, you know, people want this to be sometimes something that can happen very rapidly, but it's not going to. You have to be very deliberate about putting the work into place to make these things happen. And I liked, um, you, so a good example you had within the book was talking around um, kind of some of the practical application and some really small things that could have a real impact. One example I really liked was the Virgin Hotels. You know what, instead of charging extortionate hotel rates that everybody's accustomed to for minibars, charge a simple price what examples have you got of organizations doing the exact opposite of that so really really bad customer experience but those kind of really small examples where they've completely missed the point well you know i mean we've got a lot of businesses that are you know trying to find growth or increase their margins by building a, a spreadsheet of you know extra fees and things that they can add to the customer's cost that's one thing, and, it, and that that's riffing right off of what Virgin did. The other things are around making it complicated. Uh, you know, if you're a B2B or a B2C, what do your contracts look like? Is your language so difficult to understand that your customers are always going to feel like they've got gotcha moments where you're delivering um, rules or policies that they weren't aware of because you didn't make it easy to be understood? Uh, you know, and, and that's really what the book outlines are all of those things that, and, and again, here's the thing that's important to realize is most of these things that are occurring with our customers are inadvertently happening inside of our organizations. Nobody sets out to make life challenging for customers, but it's, it's the middle of the organization where we create these rules because we're trying to manage and meet our key performance indicators. So sometimes it's literally as, as just a case of the wrong KPIs in place. So people are focused on the wrong metric. And it's actually driving their actions and process based on the wrong metric at the end of it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Rather than recommend a specific platform, what is it that people need, I suppose, in terms of their stack? Is it that they need a specific survey tool? Is it live chat? Rather than starting with the technology or the tools, what's important is, um, again, as we work with clients, what's important first is to map the customer life and build what I call a respect delivery machine. And what that means is if you understand who your client is and how they live their life and what their preferences are, then that will drive if you need chat or live chat or video chat or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but what we, what we know is that if you don't first map the customer journey, at least at a high level and understand their missions, and unite the organization, we're going we're gonna to have mobile building their own separate platform, and we're going to have service building their own separate platform. What's really important is understanding as your customer is trying to achieve a goal that's important to their life that you have an opportunity to impact, what, are the, what, what do you need to do to support them? And then let that need inform what you need in your stack. Instead, we start with the stack 
versus the customer life, if that makes sense. So I'm sorry about the, the little bit of preaching, but we're, we're spending inadvertent amounts of money or doing things in the wrong order or buying things separately because we haven't united the work of the business to help the customer achieve their end-to-end -end goal. No, I understood completely. Um, and it's exactly what we advocate as well, to start with a customer experience mapping before talking about tools and technology. Um, it's always going to be people first, understanding the strategy, the goals, the customer, before thinking about tech. But just the only reason to ask that question was really just obviously we're, in a, we're at a time now where there's so much tech available to us to help facilitate once we do have a good idea of those things in place that can then right. what we do. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's, it's not about tech first. It's certainly not about trying to just decide on, on a tool set and think that's going to solve problems because it won't. Well, and that's what's getting confusing inside of organizations is that these tools are so cool and shiny and interesting. <laughs> and there's good um, salespeople in them as well. Yes, and we've got so many, you know, customer experience is so hot right now. And there are so many really well-intentioned people with solutions out there that are also selling silo by silo inside of our businesses. And, you know, so you may inadvertently be buying the same solution in different derivations for places in your organization. And, and that's why I call my podcast and the work we do, you know, the human duct tape of the organization, which is if we say we want to build a robust customer listening system across the customer journey, um, it, you know, we first have to herd the cats or bring together and understand how many different people are sending surveys out today from their silo in a very well-intentioned way, asking differently, rolling up information differently, sending different people off on different tasks that aren't united. Um, so if, if we don't first collectively understand what's happening and create a collective approach to this, you will keep spending the same money over and over again as well as each part of the organization buys different tools to meet their needs. And so what happens is the tools don't sync, right, or roll up. And in the case of what we see in surveys, for example, is you've got lots of survey fatigue with customers because a very well-intentioned set of people in multiple places inside of the organization are reaching out to ask why, 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 why. Um, or what can we do or rate us and um, and and so again the work is first to unite the organization understand the customers goals and then figure out a one company approach to these things as much as you can understood definitely and um can you give us a little bit more background on other books resources anything else you think that'll be really helpful for somebody that's really really keen to make sure they kind of go deeper in terms of understanding everything they can be doing in terms of driving customer experience transformation? Sure. So the first thing is uh, definitely my books. My book called Chief Customer Officer 2.0 is a, a complete roadmap for people. The Would You Do That Your Mother book is a companion book to that, and so I'd suggest those two books. I'd also suggest my podcast, which you can access from my website, customerbliss.com. Uh, we've interviewed over 125 uh, C-level, top-level chief customer officers around the world who are talking about how they are doing this work. It's brave and fearless, a conversation that we established deliberately um, to support all, all of you in doing this work. And then finally, my website itself has all kinds of resources on it. I mean, I've dedicated 
my 35-year career on only helping people do that. Fantastic. That's really helpful. And just finally, um, are there any other interesting projects you've got on the horizon at the moment? Um, Well, you know, right now I'm really working on building out something I call Gene in a Box or monthly subscription where um, I, I offer a custom coaching solution and I have for a long time. But what I found is there's um, you know, either from a price standpoint or a complexity standpoint, people would like monthly action items and tools and my videos and other things. So I'm going to be offering that up soon, um, as well as a, um, a networking and mastermind group for chief customer officers. I'm, and I'm super excited about those two things. Fantastic. Jean, I really, really do appreciate you having taken the time. Um, a big massive thank you from myself and from our listeners. And we will be um, putting this out very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.